the newer recruits coming out of schools obviously are excited. They don't know so much of what's going on in the streets. So assigning writing assignments to those crew members aids them also in knowing exactly what's expected of them. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. From the Federal Resources Studio, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service, just like you, from coast to coast. Engine company riding assignments are the key to a ready arrival at a scene. They eliminate confusion. But some departments don't actually specify who's doing what, and my guest today says that's a mistake. Chad Menard is a captain paramedic for a city fire department in Alabama. He's a graduate of National Fire Academy's Managing Officer Program. He's also a USAR rescue technician with Alabama Task Force 3 and a Level 2 state certified fire instructor and fire officer. He's presented and taught at various regional and national conferences across the United States. And Chad Menard joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate the opportunity to be on here, and I'm excited to talk firefighting with you. All right, let's talk writing assignments. Now, are these really for a new crew who aren't familiar with each other? I would say they're not only for a new crew. You know, they're for an experienced crew as well. Uh, We know that they're the newer recruits coming out of schools, obviously, are excited. They don't know so much of what's going on in the streets. So, Assigning writing assignments to those crew members aids them also in knowing exactly what's expected of them so that officer could give them those crew expectations, a writing assignment, and that takes the guessing game um, out of their hands, you know, when you're arriving there. But they're, like I said, they're also for experienced crew members and they're really helpful, I think, in the volunteer world too. Now, give me an example of what goes wrong if you don't have a writing assignment. Well, I think, like I said, writing assignments take some of the confusion and the guessing game out of the things when you're arriving on scene to, the, to those structure fires. The first few moments of those structure fires are the most critical. The, the officer has things that he's trying to get accomplished, the driver's spot in the apparatus, and then the firefighters need to know what their assignments are. So if you don't have those writing assignments, there could be more confusion. You could have firefighters both going for the nozzle versus one grabbing tools, and, and then some Uh, conversations are going to take place there and those conversations add time to getting the line stretched and water charged and all those things. So I'd say the big thing without having them is is confusion. So if we have, let's say, a four-man engine, what would the writing assignments be? Well, they're just position assignments. So obviously you have your officer and then you have the driver. And then for your two tailboard firefighters on a four-man crew, you have a nozzleman and then an irons firefighter. An irons man sounds like something that belongs on a truck company. What's his job on an engine? 
Yeah, you know, the Irons Man is a truck company function as well. But when departments don't have designated truck companies or you're in a suburban or rural department where the engine company's on scene for an extended amount of time by themselves, that engine company is responsible for forcible entry. So uh, you got to have uh, crew members that are well-versed in single and two-person forcible entry. And that Irons Man responsibility is to come off the apparatus and get to the entry point and ensure that we have access into the building. So. Uh, if there are no forcible entry problems, that Irons man just simply becomes a backup man. He can aid the nozzleman in the stretch of the first hose line and then uh, preparing to make the uh, offensive attack. I'll be back with more right after this. When that call comes in and you rush to head out, the last thing you're thinking about is your safety. But your safety is all Federal Resources thinks about. At Federal Resources, we work to make sure that every responder is equipped, trained, and ready to come home safely. You look out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. Learn more at federalresources.com. So how do you make these assignments? Do you do it in the station before the run? Do you do it at the beginning of the shift? Do they rotate? What do you think about all those possibilities? So there are several different ways. First of all, if it's a new concept to your crew or your department, a good kitchen table uh, you know, talk is is something that you could outline to the crew. We're going to start using riding assignments and, and, and then explain to them what those positions are and why we're doing it. For those firehouses that have a little bit more tradition or, or, say, station pride, there's a lot of stations that have individual assignment boards in the bay. And, you know, they would outline who the officer is, who the, the driver or chauffeur of the shift is, and then they would have a nozzle and an irons. And they just chalk those names in at the beginning of each shift. And when they report to work, they, they check the board and see which seat they're riding. And so there's no guessing game from, from 7 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock the next day when you work off who's responsible for what if uh, you have a fire. Is this something that your department does? Uh, we don't have any specifics that say that uh, we do this. You know, it, I would say it's crew dependent. In my department, we only have about 70 personnel, and, and it's not uncommon for someone to rove up to my station, you know, four or five shifts out of the month. But uh, we do use them on my shift. And with my crew, and I would just say that it's it's crew dependent. It's not mandated by the department. All officers have various expectations of their crews, and if they choose to use them, they can use them, but uh, nothing says they have to. Now, actually, you bring up a good point there. You have the rover who comes in, and this is a guy who doesn't normally work with you, so he would probably benefit from having a specific assignment. That's correct. Uh, we have four-man crews at minimum where I work, but if, like I said, if someone takes off, we do have that rover coming in as the fourth man, and you're exactly right. He needs to know what, what his job is that day, and and that way when we arrive on scene, I have little communications with them. Besides letting the nozzleman know what size line to pull and where to put it, I can focus on the things that I need to do. I need to be getting a size up. I need to be thinking about our, our plan of attack, how we're going to access the building. Apparatus placement is a little bit on the officer as well. Uh, the chauffeur or driver should know where to spot the apparatus, but that's another thing I have to pay attention to, especially if a truck company is coming in behind us. So it just takes some of the 
the additional task off of the officer's shoulders for those first few moments. Who catches the hydrant? Well, and where I work, we have a hydrant about every three to 400 feet. So our SOPs say that the officer has the choice of, of catching his plug on the way in, or we can leave that to the second due engine. So if it's a, a bread and butter, you know, single story dwelling, uh, nine out of 10 times, we're going to go straight in and we're going to pull the line and none of my crew are actually going to be getting a, a water supply. The second due engine would be bringing it in. However, uh, let's say we got the report of a commercial structure fire and when we turned off the ramp, I could see a header from the station and I know that uh, we're definitely going to need water and we're going to work. The back step firefighter that is in the irons position would now become water supply. The nozzleman is still responsible for getting that first line stretched or say we're going straight to a, a deck gun. Uh, he would, I would tell him when we arrive on scene, instead of stretching the line to go straight to the deck gun. So that irons man would become your water supply for a first new hydrant. Sounds like a great idea that more people should implement in their firehouses. Chad Menard, thanks for talking with me today on Code 3. Thank you. And we put some more information about engine company assignments and Chad's blog on our website at Code3Podcast.com slash assignments. Check it out. Now, here comes your trivia question. If you're fighting a fire involving jet fuel and foam isn't enough, what else can be applied? I'll have the answer right after this. If you like Code 3, you'll love the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more discussion with our guests on any topic. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's not so serious. But it's only available to patrons of Code 3. Find out what you've been missing. Go to Code3Podcast.com support. Pledge just $10 a month to support Code 3, and you'll get immediate access to all the Bull Sessions in our library and future interviews as we post them. Become a patron today, support the show, and get access to the Code 3 Bull Sessions. Here's your trivia answer. If foam isn't enough to stop a jet fuel fire, potassium bicarbonate, usually called Purple K, is the traditional dry chemical alternative. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. I'd love to hear what you think of this show. Just email me, scott at code3podcast.com. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I hope you'll join me then. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is made possible through the generous support of Federal Resources. Visit them at federalresources.com. This show is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com. <laughs>